This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, this is Dr. Judy Cook welcoming you to Shrink Wrapped, a place where you can learn skills to shrink away some of your troubles, wrap yourself in more enjoyment, and begin to find more rapture about being in this incredible universe. Grief can be an enriching process. It doesn't have to be devastating. However, it can be fairly destructive if you try to avoid those feelings instead of dealing with them. Today's presentation was inspired by hearing Prince Henry discuss his feelings about the death of his mother, Princess Diana, and the emotional issues that still impact him today. From hearing that discussion on Bryony Gordon's podcast show, Mad World, and then reading a bit more online about how he has coped with this issue, it sounds as if her death has become a motivating factor in Britain for pushing for more mental health awareness generally. But this has only happened in recent years as Prince Henry became aware of the toll it was taking on him to not be dealing with those feelings over the years. He talks of learning that as he shared with others, he opened the door for them to also be sharing their pain, and it was a positive and bonding experience for both of them. He was very open in sharing on the radio show, and in fact, if you Google Prince Harry missing his mother or something along those lines, you'll find some very moving first-person history from him about how hard it was losing his mother at 12. Even more, he discusses how he stuffed down feelings instead of dealing with them and his reasons for doing that, including the pressure of being in the royal family and not wanting to upset his father, Prince Charles, or his stepmother, Camilla. He talks of some of the problems it caused, like anger and depression that became severe enough that he had to get mental help at the urging of his brother, Prince William, who clearly understands the pain as well. He became an advocate not just of getting help, but of educating people about the importance of dealing with our emotional pains and how destructive it can be to try to ignore them. He has basically turned bad grief and its associated problems into good grief that is now giving him blessings he has opted to turn into blessings for others as well. Grief is an issue that is nearly impossible for any of us to avoid, and yet it should be a time-limited response to an understandably undesired loss. Grief can catch you unaware when it comes in some of its more subtle forms and can really create bad, totally unexpected pain, especially if you try to avoid dealing with it. Grief can be caused by many different issues in addition to the death of a loved one or friend, But if we don't recognize it as that, it may not be dealt with. It can include things like divorce, retirement, moving, financial changes, becoming an empty nester, and even more subtle things like a loss of trust or safety or control. There are also after effects of the loss that can come many years later and take you totally by surprise if you're not aware of them, especially anniversary reactions. We will explore some of these many things in addition to death that can cause grief reactions, some of the ways grief can present, and things you can do to deal with it more effectively, including some preventive strategies. Multiple causes of grief. What are they and why are they? Death of loved ones is certainly the most common cause we associate with grief, and it is the one most recognized and most sanctioned in terms of dealing with it. We do have ceremonies to mark the passage of that person and pull people around to support each other through their loss. 
These ceremonies vary widely among religions, countries, cultures, and families, but they are there not to just honor the one who has left this life, but provide support for those who are suffering the loss. Of all the losses one might have to deal with, in my experience dealing with a lot of patients, the various hardest death to accept and ever get past grieving is the loss of a child. We go through life knowing our grandparents and parents will probably pass before we do, but it is not the norm for children to precede their parents in death. And even if the departure is preceded by a long illness, it is difficult to deal with. If the loss is via a suicide, homicide, or other traumatic situation, that is all the more difficult and often overlaid with all kinds of irrational guilt feelings as well, which only serves to intensify the pain. Another issue is the death of significant figures. As mentioned earlier, the death of Princess Diana was not just abrupt and tragic for her sons, but felt like a personal loss for many people all over the world. I remember also quite clearly the intense pain that occurred with the assassination of President Kennedy, something that affected our whole country with not just the loss of our leader and the horrible way he died, but the fears that arose around what it might mean, as well as the endless media coverage that rather than being soothing was more like rubbing sand and salt into an open wound and not letting things begin to settle and heal for quite some time. The chronic media coverage of various other horrific events, whether the events of 9-11 or all the various criminal and terrorist events since, mainly serve to keep people scared and confused and feeling unsafe. There is certainly a lot of sadness about what happens with these events and probably not enough time dealing with that sadness and also looking for ways to decrease or even prevent some of these kinds of events. Ironically, it seems to me that sometimes these events happen because some people are feeling depressed or hopeless or even disfranchised in today's society and looking for their 15 minutes of fame. And I sometimes wonder what would happen if the names of these perpetrators were no longer released and their quest for personal recognition was that thus guaranteed to fail, whether it was an individual or ISIS or whoever. Facing our own significant life changes that feel like decline or loss or impending death can be the source of another variant of grief about what we are losing in the here and now. Although Elizabeth Keebler-Ross examined this area in her book On Death and Dying, we often don't think about the sadness people may feel, not just about their own impending death, but sometimes the many changes that occur as we move toward our later years of life that can cause us to mourn a sense of worth and identity tied to career and almost feel dead inside, which is probably a major factor in why so many people die within a few years of retirement. That issue does not happen for people who have made solid plans for their retirement and have some kind of productive, purposeful activity to replace their career. But loss of ability to be as active, health issues, memory issues, mobility issues are all losses that occur as people age to a greater or lesser degree, and yet we don't really talk about those feelings with friends or loved ones. We may hear all those commercials that talk about all those pills to improve the vast array of symptoms, but we certainly don't want to talk about the feelings. Somehow, if we ignore it, surely it will go away, right? Wrong! Losing someone we feel ambivalent about when we shouldn't 
can also be really difficult. For example, if a family member passes on that you were at odds with, although you might initially almost feel glad, that is usually followed by a complicated grief that is accompanied by shame and guilt and makes it all the more difficult to move on from them. It is much easier to let go of someone you loved and were on good terms with than someone where there were a lot of unresolved emotional issues attached to them. Other things we may grieve about can be changes in financial situation, giving up a home you've been in a long time, moving away from friends. Things related to a change in environment and established relationships is not just an issue for senior citizens. It can affect children, teenagers, and prime-age adults as well. That loss of familiar people and surroundings and societal norms can be a source of considerable stress, anger, confusion, and even grief. Tune into your feelings and talk about them. It helps. So, what are some of the many faces for the expression of grief? I hate to be the bearer of more confusing bad news, but grief can present in a lot of different ways. It's nice when it's the result of a clear, cleanly identifiable event, because then you are entitled to feel sad and miss the person, and there will be some support that comes your way, at least at the very beginning. Being openly able to cry and talk and ask for support is a great way to face your grief. However, some people get angry, and they may not be able to identify why, and will look around for all kinds of things to be angry about, although they probably don't even realize it. Why? Because being angry doesn't hurt like being sad does. It's a distraction. And there's also a tendency to be mad at the universe that your loved one is gone, which might be expressed directly at the universe or deflected to other people, places, and things. Some people try to be very stoic and avoid dealing with their feelings. For many people, this is a lifestyle anyway. Ironically, stuffing feelings can quite frequently lead to various kinds of physical issues, much as can happen with undealt stress, and you can wind up with high blood pressure or GI upset or other physical issues and illnesses. You can also, in the process of stuffing your grief, stuff all of your feelings so you are not showing the usual range of interactions with others on any level. This will usually lead to them complaining about being ignored, which can then start a fight and do some avoidance that way. And another thing that can happen is just a vague set of feelings akin to a major depression, but not as severe. Your sleep isn't as good. Your energy and enthusiasm just aren't at their normal level. You lose interest in normal activities. The important takeaway for you here is that if there is a change in your usual level of emotional functioning, start looking into what's going on and why it's happening. Because without doing that, you have less of a chance of finding the problem and being able to deal with it better. Let's take a short break. And when we return, we will talk about things that do not work in dealing with your grief, things to be doing that will prevent making your grief worse than it has to be, and skills for processing your grief. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network. You know what drives me crazy? When business owners believe that just because they're not on stage speaking, they don't need stage presence. 
stages come in all shapes and sizes. You're on the stage when you're in a boardroom, talking to a prospect, or introducing yourself and your company. I invite you to join me on a free educational webinar called How to Triple Your Income Through Speaking. Learn the critical ingredients to make impact and income on any type of stage. Go to SpeakerSuccessFormula.com and grab your spot now. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. Back to shrink wrapped. We've been discussing some of the causes of grief and how it can present. Now we're going to learn ways that do and do not work in processing your grief and thriving in life. First, let's talk about how not to deal with your grief. Ignoring your pain will not, not, not make it go away. Focusing away from physical pain can make that more tolerable. But just the opposite is true with this kind of loss-based emotional pain. Dealing with it is what will allow you to work through the pain and move on from it. Stuffing your feelings, trying to be strong and not deal with them for whatever reason, because you're embarrassed, think it isn't proper for someone of your status, don't know how to express them, don't know where to turn, feel you're all alone, for whatever reason, is not a good thing to do because it not only doesn't work, it will backfire on you totally. Prince Harry openly talks about how his failure to deal with his grief had him on the verge of a full-blown mental illness, and his use of anger and occupying himself with other issues did not and could not take the place of dealing with all those painful feelings. Feelings are at the heart of who we are, and should not be ignored any more than that heart that pumps blood through our body. Things like funerals are not mainly for the deceased. They are to help those who remain behind have a permissive time and place to start showing their feelings and have people to share it with. It's great to honor your loved ones and say great things about them, but it would be a whole lot better to say things to them while they are alive so they can cherish being appreciated for who they are. And so you don't have those feelings later on of, if only I had told them. Swapping feelings. One feeling that gets substituted is anger, and another is denial. But to me, what is really sad is to see those families where instead of dealing with the feelings of loss and sadness, there's an immediate move to wanting to get all the possessions they can from the estate as if that will somehow soothe the feelings or fill the hole. It brings out the worst in family members instead of bringing them together in support and caring and is a big loss for everyone. It is another thing that helps distract from the pain in the short haul but inflicts more pain for the long term and wounds relationships with other family members rather than everyone being there to support each other. What are some of the important preventive strategies that can help make your pain more manageable? It includes things like making sure that you have let people you love 
know what you love and cherish about them while they're still around to appreciate you and your comments. It's very sad to look back and wish if only I'd told them how much I loved them or things that made them so special to me or whatever. It's much easier to deal with losing them from this life if we at least feel we were in a good place with them. Periodically sit down and think about your loved ones and ponder whether if they were to die tomorrow, there would be things you would regret you hadn't told them or done with them. If there are things like this, move forward with getting them done. We do not have any guarantees about how long any of us will live, so err on the safe side and share those positive feelings and work through those negative ones and misunderstandings so they aren't there to contaminate the rest of your life. For your sake, learn to get past your anger, grievances, and so on with loved ones, and forgive. They may have done things you will still not want to forget, and for which you may even need to maintain a distance, but carrying around all the anger that you have at them keeps you still upset and at risk for things like hypertension, heart attacks, strokes, and it continues to give them negative power over your life while not hurting them even a little bit. That may be hard to do, but it is even harder to lose them and then have a lot of wondering, if onlys, and regrets about what might have been in that relationship if only you had done something different, or the ongoing mental distress as you keep them in your awareness long after you could have let them pass from your emotional space and no longer distress you. In terms of dealing with your own passing, it is good to first of all work with your family ahead of time so that they know what you would want or not want for your final remembrances, disposition of your estate, and similar issues. It is nice too that you share some things that might be special to you and a specific family member while they are still alive and either give them those items or designate them specifically in your will. My grandmother did that with certain pieces of her jewelry and they are still very special to me and worn regularly 35 years later. How to deal with your grief. Coping strategies can include several things. Obviously coming together with family and friends for that open caring support of each other and being in touch with your feelings is really important and the longer you delay that, the longer you delay the healing. If for whatever reason you defer the actual ceremony, there is no rule against talking to each other about your sense of loss and your good memories in the meantime. There are many good books out there, including Good Grief, some of which are targeted to specific groups like children or specific kinds of losses like loss of a spouse or a child or other significant areas. There's a website, the Grief Recovery Institute, which has a great deal of useful and supportive information available. Another really helpful strategy that can be used more than once throughout the course of dealing with a loss is the technique of letter writing, a technique that helps in many emotion-laden situations, especially if you have trouble getting in touch with your feelings or feel embarrassed about sharing them, or you just need to deal with them right at the moment for whatever reason. Just sit down with paper and a pen or pencil in a quiet spot and write out your feelings. Put down any and everything that pops into your head and do that without any censoring or editing. 
Writing rather than typing seems to be more effective because even the muscle activity seems to play a role in the healing. The idea is to just let the feelings flow from your heart through your muscles out onto the paper. Especially do not censor what you write. If you're angry at them for leaving you, it is okay to write that as much as it's okay to write that you miss them and what you miss about them. You are doing this for you, not anyone else. Although sharing of the letters can be done later if it feels helpful, especially with a therapist. Sometimes doing it in the presence of a picture of them is helpful, or even multiple pictures from different times in life. There are things that seem to get processed by doing this, and it can augment the talking and crying with others, but it should not take the place of that. If you are still having problems, get some kind of counseling. There may be grief groups in your community, at your church, online, through a hospice program, or through a therapist's office. You may also need to see a psychiatrist and take some medication for a while, especially if you've gone too long without help and let that pain really build up. The bottom line is that grief, like any other emotion, will not get better by stuffing it away in some dark corner of your psyche and ignoring it. It will do more like mushrooms stuck in manure in a dark, damp area, just continuing to grow. That will not help you live long, prosper, and be glad you're living this life. Dealing with your feelings, even though it may be difficult, will work for you much better, both for you and the loved ones around you, than some of the alternatives. It is an issue gaining importance and recognition in more and more parts of the world. Not only are Prince William and Prince Harry heavily involved in promoting the importance of it, Harvard Medical School has recently made Vikram Patel, Ph.D., Professor of Global Health and Social Medicine, with the goal of increasing awareness of and access to mental health support. Hopefully this information will make this an important item for you in your self-care toolkit. Remember, your mindset is your biggest asset in making you happier with your life and gives you the power to overcome stressors, move forward with goals, and have the life you want. It works for me, has worked for thousands of my patients, and it is my wish you will take it and use it to create happiness for yourself. Thank you for listening to Shrink Wrapped, where our goal is to help you shrink away your problems and increase your rapture in your life. If you want to find additional information, please go to my website, Go Dr. Judy. That's G-O-D-R-J-U-D-Y dot com. I look forward to meeting with you again next week. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at ewnpodcastnetwork.com.